intro. That means it started. Pause. Hello friends, we're doing it again. Welcome yeah. back to Own No Loops, episode number nine. That's right. Continuing the uh, journey through the history of female MCs. Um, we are glad to have you back once again. Always, always, as always, follow along uh, with us on social media, on Facebook page, and uh, hashtag Own No Loops. So how's everything going today? Uh, with me, everything is going well. It's, it's it's a fine day in Oakland, <laughs> and we're gonna talk about some female MCs. All right, all right. Some, some uh, women rappers. All right, we had some misses from the last episode. Misses yeah. of the misses. This, that's right. Yes, <laughs> misses, not to be confused with misses. Um, so, just briefly, uh, we missed the uh, the women of X Clan, uh, Isis and Queen Mother Rage. So. Uh, let's start with Isis. Isis, um, she dropped an album in 1990 uh, called Rebel Soul. Um, it was kind of a mix of, like, it had it had a surprising number of like house, not house, like it had like I had like the the requisite house cut on it. Housey feel. Yeah, you know, hip house. Um, but it also had um, more R&B sounding stuff than you might expect from uh, an X Clan member. Okay. Um, but it was cool. I mean, she was solid. She she was a good rapper. I always liked her voice and her, her flow. Yeah, her flow was even. You know, it it, it followed along with whatever she uh, was spitting. Over. Flowed well. Yeah, and so she dropped. She uh, in she left uh, the Black Watch movement around I guess like like 90, 91, 92. Um, she she joined up with MC Light in a production company called Duke the Moon. Don't know what that name means, but Me that was, that's what they called it. <laughs> and then, uh, so she went back to her her original name of Lin Q, and then dropped the song uh, "This Is It" in 1993 on Rough House. Now there was a video for this song. It's a black and white video. She's wearing like mad baggy clothes and like rapping on stage, just rapping on, just flowing on stage, and like the whole video. It's a very cheap video, but I can't find it on YouTube or on the internet. So if anyone out there knows. Or can can tell me where you can find the This Is It video by I by Lin Q, aka Isis. Let me know, please. Feel free to send it to yes. onnoloops at gmail.com. Yes, or hit me up on Twitter, which and at Uncle uh, Modi, and we'll, we'll give that out again later. Um, and then so then in two years later, '95, she dropped uh, Let It Fall, which was a really dope record mm-hmm. um, on East West Atlantic. Uh, there was a video for that. There was another black and white video for that one as well, but you know, a, a more expensive video. But uh, it, 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 it's, that's a dope record. I think that's her best record, in my opinion. Uh, and then in uh, 2007, she dropped an album called Godspeed that I've never heard. Mm, but it's out there. Yeah. And uh, I heard that she moved on to working behind the scenes A and R, and also uh, going to school for film. Okay. Wow. Well, she she had a she she has a video on YouTube. From, from that album in 2007. Still looking good. Okay. Well. As an aside. <laughs> um, and then, so, the other woman of, S- of S-Clan is Queen Mother Rage, who dropped an album uh, called Vanglorious Law in 1990. Um, it had the single uh, Slipping Into Darkness, which had a, a dope uh, slowed-down Nautilus sample, and it also sampled uh, Easing In by Edwin Starr. It was 
Uh, you can also look that up on YouTube. It's, it's dope. She had an interesting voice. She had like a really deep voice and kind of like a slow flow, which was a lot different than than Isis. Um, so yeah, that was her. And then really quick, uh, there was ICJ who had a song called "It's a Girl Thing" in 1990. Just a very, it's just a very. That's not how it went. I know. Uh, <laughs> it was, but it was it was a very poppy record, like as you might expect from that era. Um, and from somebody named Icy, yet another Icy. Um, and then you had uh, 1992. You had Tamrock, who only so you might remember her from Uchi Kuchi La 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 by MC Brains. The worst hip hop name in history back then, and the most vulgar name now. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then uh, she dropped a single called Listen Closely that same year. Um, if you if you look that look up that video on YouTube, it's quintessential '90s. Like there's all kinds of there's jumping first of all, mad jumping, of course. Uh, starter jackets, starter hats, um, and that that did utilize the uh, the Master Ace sample, right? Um, did it? I don't remember. I don't remember. Um, but uh, yeah, so that that's Tamrock. That's that's pretty much all she did. I don't know where she is now. God bless her. Um, and then. We have a sister, Soldier. Soldier, Soldier. Yeah, so you might remember her from Apocalypse 91, Enemy Strikes Black, Public Enemy. Um, um, then she dropped an album in 1992 called 360 Degrees of Power. It's kind of, I guess it's like half rap, half spoken word almost. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a thing. Yeah, and then that same year, so she she made a statement about the L.A. riots that became controversial and that Bill Clinton actually used like as a, as a political moment where he kind of denounced her and and uh, that actually that actually became like a political term so th- there's actually a political term named after Sister Soldier called Sister Soldier Moment and it's it's when um, a politician denounces like the radical fringes of their own party nice and so that's but that's not her legacy thankfully she also after that became a, an author uh, she wrote. Uh, she wrote a couple books, uh, most notably "Coldest Winter Ever" and then the, the Midnight series after that, which are I think she, I think she's written one recently. So she's still yeah. still going strong with the books. Doing it. And that's yeah, that's her thing. So uh, good for her. Um, and then you have uh, Sweet Tea, who dropped an album in 1988 on Profile Records called "It's Tea Time." It's Tea Time. Yeah. Um, and then uh, she, after that, disappeared basically, as far as I know. But then resurfaced in 1995 under the name Sugar um, on the on the show soundtrack, the song "What's Up, Star," and and then disappeared again. So, sweet tea. Now you see it. Now you don't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. And then in 1990, again on Profile Records, you have L.A. Star, who I don't think was actually from L.A., but. Uh, she had an album called Poetess, and then um, her daughter, um, in 2008, her daughter, who was also a rapper named Reese Steele, was on the show Miss Rap Supreme, the, the Ego Trip show that was on VH1. I believe she won. Uh, yeah, yeah, we can double check. But, um, yes, it, double check that. If I'm wrong, let me know. <laughs> or not, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but, uh, but not to be confused with the Poetess, who dropped an album called Simply Poetry on Atlantic Records in 1992. 
who had a song. What did you say the name of that song was? Love, Love uh, Hurts. I think it was called Yeah, Love Hurts. Yeah, it was about domestic violence. I believe so. Yeah. Um, and Reese still did win, by the way. She did win. Okay, yes. awesome. Good job. Um, I don't know where <laughs> she is now, but she she's a winner. And then uh, again in 1992, you have Overweight Pooch who has to have the worst female rapper name of all time. Yeah, I think so. She's um, got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so she had an album called Female Preacher in 1992. Pretty much notable. I remember the first single was called Aces of Spade. It was a, I, I remember seeing that video on Rap City in the early days. But her album is mainly notable because it was the first time you'd ever heard uh, C.C. P- Peniston. Finally! I almost called her C.C. Peniston. Whoa! Is, but, 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 it's... It's because of it's because of, it's because of Wayne's World because they they had a special on MTV uh, and they called her CC Peniston on that, on that and so that sticks in my head so it's it's their fault it's not mine. Um, anyway, moving on and then you have finally in 1988 you have Finesse and Sinquis, female duo. They dropped uh, the album Soul Sisters and they were on Uptown MCA. And then uh, they had a, like a much harder edge song called Straight From The Soul. It came out in 1990, uh, also on Uptown. It was produced by the Trackmasters, an early Trackmasters joint. But um, yeah, th- that second album never came out and they were never heard from again. Well, Finesse was heard from again. We'll, we'll get to that a little later. Um, so let's start with 1993 now. Deeper and deeper. Yes, uh, we have Boss, who... Uh, Dropped the album Born Gangsters in 1993 uh, on Def. It was DJ West, but basically it was Def Jam. Um, and so yeah, so that album had uh, had the song Deeper, as, as mentioned. Uh, I don't give a fuck. Not a single solitary fuck, motherfucker. Um, <laughs> um, uh, Progress of Elimination. Yeah. Dope record. Dope record. And uh, uh, Recipe of a Hope. Um, the album was primarily produced by Def Jeff who you might remember from uh, back in the days. Uh, Eric Sermon did a couple tracks. One track has Scratches by Redman. Yeah, little known fact. Little known fact, because he was a DJ before he was, he was rapping. Um, and then AMG, and then Jam Master J and Shy Skills gave her a little Onyx flavor, and then... She was featured in the Slam video, if anybody remembers. Wow, yeah. wow, good trivia. Um, <laughs> And then MC Search and T-Ray. I'm guessing T-Ray did the production. MC Search took credit. I don't even know what happened there. But they did a couple tracks on her album as well. Um, she was one of the first rappers, I would say, to have like a, like a really non-feminine image. Sure enough. Like, she, I mean, she would, she dressed like a guy. And then was, you know, took pictures. You know, her, the liner notes of her album have her, you know, posted with guns, shotguns, and axes, and... Right-hand woman D, I believe her name was. D, D oh the Mad gosh. Bitch. If you ever saw the uh, album cover of that first album, you're like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. This shit's about to go down. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, she she became noted for um, she was basically called out for being fake. So so um, Boss was from Detroit originally, um, from like a middle class neighborhood. She went to Catholic school. Um, you know, attended ballet classes and piano lessons and whatnot. Um, she, I think she did maybe a, a, a little bit of college out there, and then she moved to LA because she wanted to be a rapper. She, she had always wanted to. She had always done like talent shows and, and parties locally, and then, the, um, but just at that time, 
you couldn't really be from Detroit and be a rap like you couldn't be in Detroit and like come up in the rap scene. So she moved to LA. Um, when she moved to LA, apparently she was like selling drugs, living on the street before she got signed. Um, and so there is a, a 1994 Wall Street article called uh, "How a Nice Girl Evolved into Boss: The Gangster Rap Group." Where the I guess the the writer of the of the, of the article kind of decided he was going to like out her as being fake, so it, it that really threatened her credibility. But the word got around that you know she had this middle class upbringing, um, and and that kind of that hurt her credibility. Although she never lied, she, about she never lied about it. it. Yeah. And so there's actually I was actually reading there there was a in the LA Times interview she did a, like a year earlier, 1993, where she says like yeah I, I have a middle class upbringing and. But then I moved to LA and and you know had it a bit hard. Also, um, her parents are on the her mom is on the intro of the album and her dad is on the outro of the album, saying you know saying saying that saying like yeah. we raised you right like, like yeah, yeah, what, yeah, what are you yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah. So, so there, there's there's no type of deception at all. Yeah, it really whatever. wasn't. And and her album, I mean, yeah, it has a lot of gangster shit, a lot of crazy shit, but it really wasn't much crazier than a lot of the gangster shit that was coming out at that time. Yeah, and later on. Um, she uh, came out with a second album and unfortunately got dropped from Def Jam and yeah. became a radio DJ in Dallas. And uh, a few years ago, you probably saw her name resurface because she had um, uh, some kidney issues yeah. and was uh, searching for a kidney uh, a transplant. I don't know what became of that. I, I don't know. Hopefully I, she's all right. I'm yeah, sure. I hope so, too. Yeah. The, the second album never came out. She like, recorded it and I guess they projected it and then just, just dropped it. Yeah. So... That was the boss. Um, then you got the Conscious Daughters, Oakland's own Conscious Daughters, who were discovered by uh, Paris, and uh, they he, he signed them, and they dropped a couple albums. Uh, Ear to the Street, 93, which had the first single, Funky Expedition, which you might recognize the bass line from Fuck Donald Trump by uh, YG and Nipsey Hussle. That doom, 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 doom. They, they used that <laughs> in 93. And then... Uh, uh, they had the song "We Roll Deep," which was a dope cut. It had a, had a, a nice uh, Lonnie Liston Smith sample, um, and yeah. And then 1996, they followed it up with the album "Gamers," Gamers, which still had production by Paris, but it also had production by uh, Studio Tone and Tone Capone, people who were producing for uh, Sick Witted Crew, you know, the yeah. Click. So it, it had it definitely had more of a that sort of Oakland uh, feel to it in '96. Yeah. Um, and they dropped an album, an, an independent album in 2009 called The Nutcracker Suite. Um, haven't heard that, but... Um, and then CMG uh, dropped a solo album in 2011. And then, unfortunately, a special one uh, passed in 2011. Um, late 2011. Due to blood clots. Yeah, so rest in peace to her. Rest in peace. Um, and then, okay. Here Here's an entertaining one. Yes, this, this is interesting. So... Next up, we have LaShawn. LaShawn. So, LaShawn, um, so, okay, so. <laughs> You're excited. <laughs> yeah, there's well, that's, that's a lot to go here. So, so, okay, she dropped a single in on Warlock Records in 1988 um, as, as Too Much, not as LaShawn, but as Too Much. Uh, the song was called Wild Thing, right? And this is around the same time that Tone Loke dropped Wild Thing, but that's... That's an aside, uh, and so it, it uses the uh, the my Jamaican guy sample, uh, Grace Jones, Grace Jones yep. um, the immortal Grace Jones, and uh, 
So yeah, it's a song about sex. It's not crazy graphic, but it's kind of raunchy for that time period, for the late 80s. Um, and then she's, she hadn't been really, you hadn't really heard much of her. By the way, the, the B-side of that of that single is called Totally Awesome, and it's for rapping as a part of the That's But, <laughs> but uh, uh, five years later, she signed a, a, a single deal with Tommy Boy, as was the style at the time. Uh, you know, didn't didn't release an album, just a couple singles on Tommy Boy. Uh, um, and yeah, so she had the single "Ready or Not," which had a video. You, you might remember if you were watching Rap City back then. Um, but the B side of "Ready or Not" was "Wild Thing," so she basically re-released it in 1993. I didn't know about the re-release. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, um, years later, LL Cool J. Um, I guess this was like two, like a year, this was like maybe two years later, or mm-hmm. yeah, like two years later. Um, LL decided he wanted to he wanted to do a remake of Wild Thing. Apparently, he had heard Wild Thing. I don't know if it was called a remake. Well, uh, this is reworking. So, so this is well, yeah. So this is what I'm, I I read an interview with Michelle, and she basically said that she Chris Lighty told her that LL came to him and said he wanted to do a remake of the song and put her on it. So. That's what they did. They released the song "Doing It," which, you know, uh, the 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 hook "Doing It, Doing It, Doing It Well" is actually the first uh, line from Wild Thing, and then so now it became like you know like like a duet record. Um, used the same sample. I think they added a little bit of drums to it, but it's the same sample. Another song about sex. Um, but she wasn't in the video. She's not in the video. She didn't perform it live. No. Uh, she was pregnant. She was seven months pregnant when they did the video, and so they 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 could have shown a, a a clip of her face from the face up they, or they whatever. Could, they could have put her on the video screen at the garden when LL performed it. Yeah, you yeah. know, something like that. Yeah, that was definitely foul. They should have they should have worked that out somehow. Uh, some CGI, some I don't know, something. whatever. <laughs> CGI something. back in the early nineties. Yeah, it would have been, been bad, <laughs> but. Yeah, so she didn't get in the video. Supposedly she sued them for that and won the lawsuit. But um, so yeah, it's just interesting how that song went from basically something she recorded in 1990, in 1988, so all the way to 1995. Um, and just another another note, um, Ken and Play had a record called Undercover in 1988 on their first album, uh, Too Hype, and and it's it also uses the My Jamaican Guy sample. It's also a song about sex and it's also a duet. Uh, it features the real Roxanne we mentioned in the last episode. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was interesting. I don't know who bit who. Somebody bit somebody there, but I don't know. I don't know who, <laughs> this who, who is bit. It's a lot of crazy stuff. It's, it's, it's very there's interesting. Biting, there's raunchy records, there's all of that. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> but then uh, LaShawn went on. She she joined uh, Flavor Unit around 1993, dropped the song Gimme Head on the uh, Roll with the Flavor compilation. That yeah, was a duet with Brothers of the Black Market. Ah. Shout out to Cool Money C. Wow. Shout out to Cool Money C. And uh, uh, Living in the Bottle, right? Yep. Okay. And, <laughs> and then uh, and in the same year, she dropped a single, her second her second and last single uh, on Tommy Boy Records called Wide Open, which is a very interesting record. It's basically a song where she's talking about, um, in, in her own words, making making her, her man her bitch by, by uh, putting her finger in his ass. That's, that's 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 <laughs> there you go, um, which is really interesting for '93. That's really even today you don't hear a lot of records like that by by anyone, especially by women. So it was really 
They want you to use your imagination more. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, but just like the fact that, you know, you have a woman making this song where she's talking about dominating a man. And um, surprisingly, that, well, or not surprisingly, that, that didn't really go anywhere. Like that video, I, I found out there was a video for this like several years ago. I, I had no, I had never heard the song. I actually found this CD single like randomly at a GameStop, believe it or not. And uh, um, had, had to look it up and that's when I found out about the video and all Stop. that. Yeah, at a game like GameStop had like a, a, a CD a bargain bin, and that's where I found it. Okay. Um, but yeah, Lashawn had she had like a sexy kind of soft voice. She did. Yeah. She did. And she, she definitely did. talked about sex a lot. So. She sure did. She sure did. Yeah. She sure did. Not a bad thing. Not a bad thing at all. Um, so then, um, also, oh, 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 <laughs> that's right, that's right. So you you know who he's talking about? 1993, Sugar T of the Click, um, sister of. I believe sister of E40 and uh, 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 D Shot. I believe uh, I could get their family tree mixed up, but anyway. Uh, the, so the Click released their first album, Down and Dirty, in 1993. And she also released her first album in that same year, 1993. It's all good. It's all good. And then um, once Sick Sick Witted um, inked their deal with Jive, she put out another album two years later uh, called Paper Chasing. That was after the success of. Uh, Sprinkle Me Main, uh, which, you know, again, ooh, 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 <laughs> you would know her from. And um, she was on the um, Lyricist Lounge show on MTV. And this was early 2000s, maybe. I, I might have the timeline mixed up. But she was on that show. She was on a sketch or two on that show. It was, uh, that was the rap, the rap slash comedy sketch show. Most Def was on there as well. Um and then she dropped uh, an album called Getting It in 2000 independently. Yeah. I believe she's still making music and uh, writing books and that kind of thing. Something. Mm, something. Um, something like <laughs> Something along those lines. Um, <laughs> so then moving on to 1994, uh, you have The Brat with who uh, is from Chicago. Chicago. She, she's, she was actually born in Joliet, Illinois, which is like very close to where I'm from. So shout out to southwest suburbs of chicago and if you don't know you better ask somebody baby um so and so yeah so that's that's from give it to you right the remix from her first her first album first album functified came out in 94 you know she was obviously she she was working with jermaine dupree on his label um she sounded she sounded a lot like snoop on that first album um she i would say she she had sounded like him. You could even say she had somewhat of a look like him. Yeah, I guess with the braids. <laughs> with the, and the braids. Like the gear. Too. The baggy gear yeah. and all of that. Yeah. But, you know, she could spit. I mean, like, all over that first album. Um, you know, and even some of the features that they were choosing for her, for her to be rhyming along Biggie. Mm. Um, it was very interesting. Was that song on the album? Or was, or was uh, that, that was that was the B side? Was that actually? Yeah, on the album? I think it was actually on the B side. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, I do remember that in New York, it did get some play. But of course, anything that Biggie was on at that time, yeah. it did get some play. Yeah. And I was in Chicago, so of course they they played a lot of, of the Brett, especially that that B side record. Um, and then she had the the uh, uh, Give It to You remix, which is a Great remix. Uh, One of those all star videos. Yeah, all star. Yeah. All star. All star videos, parties, yeah. champagne, MC yeah. Light, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, so 
Apparently, she was the first solo MC with a platinum record. First solo MC female with a platinum plaque. Yeah. So, um, and she followed that up uh, a couple years later with another tantrum, which had the, the single uh, uh, Sitting on Top of the World, which sampled Rick James. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the one I remember the most was Ghetto Love with T Boz, that sampled yeah, all, this uh, all This Love by DeBarge. Yeah. Um, and then uh, 2000, she had Unrestricted. Which had the hits, the hit single of uh, "What You Like." What you like? That song annoyed me for some reason. I think, uh, <laughs> I guess, because it just sampled. It sampled. Um, it sampled the same. Yeah, it was the same sample that that Montel Jordan had just used. Yeah. So, but yeah, she kind of had like a more feminine image on that one. I guess was trying to be the Brat guy right now. Ha! Shout out to Ghostface. Yeah, and then she dropped. She followed that up in 2003 with an album called Limelight, Love, and Nightclubs. I don't remember anything about. Um, I can't say that yeah, I do either at yeah. this moment. Um, and then she was on the fourth season of The Surreal Life, the VH1 reality show in 2005. That's where just random celebrities live together in a house. Yeah. Uh, like the real world, except with with like sea level celebrities. Mm. Um, and then uh. She, yeah, she had some rough times, some legal troubles, was, you know, beating women over the head with rum bottles and stuff like that, and did a couple of years in jail. Um, and now, I don't know, supposedly she's going to have to pay a lot of money to somebody, so. Well, yeah, I think she's still on the Ricky Smiley show now. Oh, wow. I don't, I don't know if she is. Yeah, I, I, I know that she was on that recently. Huh. Um, I don't know if she's still on it, but I believe she is. Okay. Um... So yeah, that's the brat. Um, so then also, roughing stuff with them Afro puffs. Afro Lady puffs. Of Lady Rage. of Rage. Now, interestingly, Lady of Rage actually debuted on Chub Rock's album The One in 1991 mm-hmm. on a song called "Bring Him Home Safely." I didn't know about this until Gene pointed this out to me. Very yeah, recently. she was uh, appearing as Rock and Robin. Rock and Robin. Rock and Robin. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah. It's a dope verse. She definitely sounded the way as we came to know her on Afro Puffs. Um, of course, she was on the Chronic album in '92. Several cuts, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Afro Puffs was her uh, debut single off of the Above the Rim um, movie yeah. uh, when uh, Tupac had his starring role and Leon was in a movie. Leon. Looks the same age no as he does name. now. He, he <laughs> always looks the same. He does always look the same. Yes, age. he does. Um, that, that was back in '94. And then um, she did come out with a very delayed Necessary Roughness um, album yeah. in 97, which was her debut. Um, I mean, you can see the time between 94 and 97. Yeah. It's a long time. Yeah. But she did get the premiere production um, from Daz, DJ Premiere, funny enough. Easy Moby and uh, Kenny Parker and herself, actually. Yeah. Um, she got the premiere premiere yeah that, that's her that's that's from that album so whenever yeah. you hear that premiere 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 that's her that's yeah. lady bridge yeah um yeah but uh you know would have figured that she would have done a lot yeah. more, especially because she could just she spin. was she was dope. Every, I, everybody liked her a lot everybody was like waiting for her to come out with something and by the time her album came out like death row was kind of on that on the downswing, like Dre had left, and yeah, yeah, it was, it was weird. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I even still hope that she's gonna come out with something. Yeah. I liked, I liked when she flipped um, the beat for the Run DMC track, and she actually got yeah, 
um, I think it was just Red Run. Run was in the video. Yeah. Yep. That was dope. Yeah. That was dope. So, around this time, if you uh, didn't know, this was when um, the underground was really starting to come to light, where, you know, it was the mainstream versus the underground. And there was a lot of underground female MCs from the East Coast, Northeast mm-hmm. area. Bahamadia being one. Bahamadia. Yeah. She came out on a Total Wreck. And where was that track on? That was, it was just a single that was released. It was... Oh, yeah, 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 I wanna that's, say, right, that's right. I want to was... say that it was... So, Guru of Gangstar had a uh, uh, Ill Kid Records, right? Yeah. And he had a compilation that dropped, and I think the song was on there. But, but, it, but yeah, it was just a single that dropped, yeah. uh, that, that Guru produced, actually, uh, in 1994. Uh. And then, but then her album didn't come out until 1996. Yes. Um, but, yeah, that album had production by... DJ Premier, several cuts. Guru did a couple joints. Beat Myers did a couple joints. Yeah. The Roots did a joint called, of course, the John, and uh, <laughs> and then Ski did the uh, first single. You know how we do. You know how dope, we do. dope, dope album. Yes, Super yes. Super dope album. Yes, and she dropped a couple more albums in 2000. She dropped BB Queen. Yeah. And in 2005, good rap music. Yeah. If you've ever seen her live, she sounds very different live. Like her voice, because oh, she has a super deep voice. You should mention that. Like yeah. on record, very, very deep voice. But live, she sounds, you know, because she has to project, so she doesn't sound as. It, it's interesting how different she sounds live. But um, yeah, that's Bahamadia. Um, she had a lot of, a lot of dope. Um, Twelve inches, like for her first album, like a lot of remixes and stuff. Yeah, she um, did, and um, and also on her first album, she has that. That cut three the hard way yeah. with uh, um, Swift and uh, I forget the other female. Yeah, name. yeah, they didn't really drop anything after. They didn't. Right? They yeah. didn't. But um, it, it was a cool joke. It's a dope cut. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, the Roots. She did a song with the Roots. Uh, she did a remake of MC Light's Paper Thin, which is uh, I think it was like a twelve inch only cut. Yeah. Besides, um, so then now, now. We get to what's probably a lot of people's favorite MC and uh, singer as well, yeah. Lauren Hill. Lauren, Miss Lauren Hill, if you nasty. <laughs> yeah. Um, she, uh, of course, uh, had her hands in a lot of different things because, of course, she was very talented. She did have a turn on As the World Turns, the soap opera. Early on. Early on, a starring role in Sister Act 2 yeah. uh, with Whoopi. Yep. Um, and, of course, the Fugees. Their first album, Blunted on Reality, on 1994, which was on um, Rough, was House. Rough House Columbia. Yeah. And, um, you know, the album didn't do so great. It's not a good album. They, yeah. <laughs> it's just straight up. It's not, I mean, it's not a good album. They tried, and they tried to work it, but the three of them just, I don't know what they were doing. I the, think... the, the, it didn't speak to the public. Some people... Yeah might claim that they were misunderstood other people might just claim that they weren't worth understanding and they were of course as many may know maybe you don't know but a salam remy remix away from oblivion yeah yeah exactly (laughs) so yeah their album there's a lot of i think they were trying to fit into like the 93 box like where they were trying to do like like yelling and onyx type sounds yeah yeah i don't know yeah it's, it's, it's an extremely dated album. Very dated. It is. It is. And it is. Um, all, all of the, 
1993, 1994 um, stereotypes, cliches, cliches that are, you could are. think of were in their videos and on their albums. In, in full effect. In full effect. Um, but yeah, I remember around that time, everyone was saying, Lauren needs to go solo. Like, like back then. They were like, she's the clear, like the clear uh, winning voice of this group that she needs to do. But she's, she stayed with the group. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, well, they dropped the score in 1996. Yeah. If, if I had access to a Funkmaster Flex bomb, I would drop it right now. That's, <laughs> that's appropriate. We don't have the budget for that. No, not in the budget. <laughs> not yet. Um, but, uh, yeah, so this album went six times platinum. Uh, it showcased Lauren's singing as well as her rapping. Um, and not only could she sing, but she's also, you know, she was one of the best rappers of that time, period. Like, just killing it on, on the microphone. Yeah. All over. And um, so, yeah, the first single was Fuji La, of course. Um, and you had you had the, the what what really blew up was Killing Me Softly, yeah. which was, you know, of course, a remake of the Roberta Flack joint. And she's, again, it's a sing. They basically took, they did, what, the drums from Benita Applebaum? Yeah. And, uh, and uh, yeah, that, that was just a huge, that single just blew the fuck up. Yeah, yeah, and, and one little note that this was at the time that, you know, before digital album purchases, and it was the CD and tape time, and you were able to buy singles and maxi singles in Columbia. Maxi singles. Yeah, and Columbia came out with the uh, smart idea of not releasing mm. the single for Ready, um, excuse me, uh, Killing Me Softly off. at all. Right. So you maximize the album sale. That was just that, clever. Yeah, that was Everybody just went out and bought out the whole album because they wanted to get that song. Yep. It was so big. But thankfully, the rest of the album was good. <laughs> so, um, it held up. So, I mean, yeah, you also had Ready or Not on that album, the super dope uh, How Many Mics, and then Cowboys, which featured another MC who we'll talk about in a minute. Um, and then, um, on if you bought the CD, which you probably did, it was in 1996, um, uh, the, one of the Fuji Lot remixes, because I believe there's two, um, had, had an early feature from Akon. There you go. So, uh, just just like at the tail end of the song, uh, it was like, "Hey, Macon." Um, and then, <laughs> and then uh, so then, yeah, she followed that up with her first solo joint, which was the sweetest thing off of uh, the Love Jones soundtrack, 1997. And she was singing on that, mm-hmm. uh, dope record. Um, and then uh, 1998, the album that changed life. The album that changed the world. <laughs> uh, Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. Um, so this album, it's it's an interesting hybrid of rap and singing. Uh, probably more singing than rapping, I think. But uh, it was all it was all just you know quality. Um, but yeah, that was like a defining moment in rap. Like she she got on the cover of Time magazine. They, uh, they had a cover the, uh, called uh, Hip Hop Nation, which during that time was not that common to see rappers or rap artists right. on Time magazine. Very true. Um, you know, first single, Doo-Wop, a.k.a. That Thing, uh, Everything is Everything, uh, X Factor, which is, you know, the, the anthem for ex, ex-partners. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that album uh, went on to receive 10 Grammy nominations, uh, which was the most nominations for any female artist of any genre. Um, yeah, big, that was a big deal. Big deal, big yeah. deal. And she won five. She won five. Won five Grammys, including Album of the Year. Which was the first for any rap artist ever. Um, although, again, it was for an album that technically had a little more singing than rapping, but still, 
a, a hip hop adjacent artist had never had never won album of the year. Right. I don't even know right. about nominated at that point, but right. But uh, yeah, so it was huge, huge uh, phenomenon. Um, the album meant a lot to a lot of people. Um, I remember she did uh, she performed Zion on the uh, the Grammys. That was a big moment. I think it was right before she won. Um, but then there was a lawsuit later on over the production credits, like who actually produced it, or like, like her co-producers, I think, felt like they didn't get enough credit. Right. Um, so there was a little controversy, but that album still stands out as like a landmark. Yeah, yeah, yeah man, it, 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 it stood the test of time. Yeah. And she's also done some production yeah. for the likes of Aretha Franklin on A Rose is Still a Rose in 1998. Mary J. Blige for all that I can say in '99. Yeah. Both uh, first singles for those artists, because again, after after that album came out, her stock, you know, skyrocketed. So, um, and then uh, she followed that up in 2002 with the, dare I say, controversial MTV Unplugged <laughs> album. Uh, it was a double double album, twenty double disc rather, twenty two songs. Um, it wasn't wasn't too well received. People weren't. I mean, I know some people liked it, but. Kanye liked it. Kanye, yes, Kanye liked it. <laughs> Good point, because he sampled, what was the name of that song? Inequity of, Mystery of Inequity, something like that? Uh, yeah. M- Mystery, Inequity, or both, both of those words were in there. And uh, for uh, for uh, uh, All Falls Down. Yeah. Well, he sampled her, and then... Couldn't get it clear. Couldn't get it clear. Had to get the sample song over. By uh, Selena Johnson. Yes. Um, but if you can, but you can find the original record out there. Yeah. It's on the promo version of it. Um, but yeah, I remember I saw Lauryn Hill around that time on stage during the Unplugged era. And man, it, I honestly, it, it, was, it was really disappointing. Uh, it's like, she, you know, it was just her on a stool with a guitar. Uh, you know, but it just sounded like she was kind of just plucking the same strings over and over again for each song. It was yeah, kind of, yeah. it was, it wasn't good. But um, yeah, I mean, and so after that, you know, she has to date has never released an album since 2002. She had a lot of babies. Yeah, um, she. Uh, I mean, there was the brief reunion of the Fugees for the um, Dave Chappelle Block Party, and then. They had a couple songs out there a, f- uh, oh, yeah. a few years back, uh, Take It Easy and right. another joint, but that was short-lived. Short-lived. And, uh, you know, there's some songs of hers kind of uh, floating around, but no uh, 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 full album. So. Yeah, she's done, yeah, she's done songs here and there. But she's still, and, you know, showcasing the power of the power of miseducation, she's still, to this day, still touring off of that album. Yes. Um, you know, being just big deal. Big deal. Um, so, like the point you made in the earlier episode about Kendrick touring off of uh, Butterfly. Yeah. That you know, yeah. I guess it, it can be done. It can. You know, just hopefully, if, if you do buy tickets to her show, hopefully she'll show up. Oh. <laughs> she showed up when I saw her and, and was good. But, okay. But um, anyway, moving on from Lauren, um, 1994, you had another another artist, Champ MC. Um, not super well known, but she dropped an album called uh, "Ghetto Flavor" in 1994, um, featuring the song, the singles uh, "Keep It On The Real," which had like 25 remixes, and uh, <laughs> and uh, my favorite song of hers, uh, "Sisters Better Recognize." Better recognize. Which was uh, it was really dope, uh, and not just because it was a song about women recognizing good men. It was actually a good song, regardless. Um, and then later on, she joined uh, the Wu Tang affiliated affiliated group uh, Deadly Venoms. Yeah. Along with the aforementioned Finesse, and then Entice, who Hush Hush Tip. Hush Hush Tip, which came out in 1994. 
Um, but yes, and and uh, also um, Entice had another record called I want to say Walk a Little Closer on Wild Pitch Records that came out years before. I don't have the exact year. Uh, yeah, but yeah. But I, I know she dropped the record before Hush Hush Tip. Yeah. Um, she, you know, very like high, super high pitched voice. Yeah, she was known for that that during that brief time. Yeah, definitely did. I, I do wonder if it was her real speaking voice, but whatever. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I've ever heard her speaking. I'm sure, she, I'm, sure, I'm sure she had to be on Rap City. We're gonna have to point. search that. But uh, yeah, um, but they, yeah, the Venoms, um, they had a lot of label. They were, so it was like a basically like a female supergroup. They had a lot of label issues. They, I think they, they eventually did put out an album, but. They had a couple albums that were like stuck in limbo. Yeah, things just didn't work out the way that they would have imagined. You know, there was just some things with yes and all this other stuff. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. And if you want a CD copy of their first album, like a promo only copy, it goes for about five hundred bucks <laughs> online. So good luck with that. Yeah. Um, let me know if you buy it, and let me know how it sounds. <laughs> um, so then moving on to nineteen ninety five, we have a lot of. A lot of notable artists in 1995. Uh, you got Little Kim. Little Kim. Who, um, you know, Junior Mafia, Players Players Anthem came out. Uh, well, you know, the song Players Anthem, which was huge. But um, uh, that album, Con- uh, Conspiracy, came out in 1995. Um, and then she followed that up with her solo album, uh, Hardcore, which came out in 1996. Oh, I, sh- I should mention, I, can't, I have to mention Get Money. How can I not mention Get Money? Get was, money, man. That, that is like probably one of the most well-known female MC verses of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all time. Video with her in the spa and Salt, salt and Pepper were in that video. Uh, Getting like, like massages. They were in that video. Yeah. Mary J. Blige was in that yeah. video. I think Mary J. Blige's sister was in that video. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. Everybody <laughs> was in that Shout video. Shout out to Mary J. Blige's sister. Uh-huh. Um, who was also in the Lots of Love. Yeah. Um... But yeah, so so um, yeah, so 1996, she followed it up with Hardcore, a very sexually explicit album, which I think was kind of a new thing around that time. I mean, rap in general was getting more explicit, but as far as like female MCs, you didn't see a lot of that before her. Yeah, you didn't. I mean, like there were mentions of sex before, yeah. you know, uh, MC Light did, uh, Salt and Pepper did, obviously, but the having it really built into the appearance mm. um you know having female mcs wrapping in bathing suits at certain right. points in videos and you know um that was something new and you you were starting to see it and it was uh being uh built into the marketing uh, of these rappers and, you know it was something different and, and i guess uh that was going to be the focus of whoever was coming out of that yeah or at least um, uh, for the uh, larger record labels focus when it came to people. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, Little Kim. Um, that was definitely something big. And then, of course, you, you know uh, who we'll mention later, who was constantly paired with Little Kim. So oh, yeah, yeah, that. yeah. Um, but yeah, that had the song, you know, No Time was the first single with Puff Daddy. Eh, 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 eh. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Queen Bitch, which was um, also on the High School High soundtrack, dope record. And by the way, um, if you if, look for uh, the, the Biggie Smalls reference track for Queen Bitch, oh, it's, it's God, him. It's, it's him. Weird. It's him. Yeah, it's him rapping her lyrics because he, he wrote that. But uh, it's 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 kind of funny. It's funny. <laughs> um, and then there was the there was the famous well there was the Crush on You remix 
which I believe that video was shot, I want to say it was shot like right after Biggie died, but um, they had like a super colorful video with yeah. Lil C's. And look, so the album version of Crush On You doesn't have Lil Kim on it, it's just Lil C. But then they, they, you know, they had to put her on the song, so uh, they did a remix. And then the, the famous Not Tonight remix, AKA um, Ladies Night, it's basically a new song. I don't know why they call it a remix. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a yeah, new yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. Featured with Angie Martinez, uh, Left Eye, uh, Missy Elliott. Missy Elliott. Um, did I miss anybody? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so that was huge. And then just as a, as, as a side note, uh, the, the record uh, Big Mama Thing, which was like the second song on the album, was produced by Stretch Armstrong. Yeah. Of uh, Stretch and Bobito. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that album. It was a good album. I, I like that album. Uh, it had the infamous album cover. You already know what I'm talking about. Probably. <laughs> you're, you're picturing it in your head right now. I know you are. Get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, so then she was on in 1999, uh, three years later. Cause, so her album was recorded before Biggie passed, and then she, he passed after that, obviously, 1997. So she, I think she took a little time off to recuperate, and then uh, she dropped the Quiet Storm, the verse on the Quiet Storm remix in 1999, Mob Deep. Big, big, big feature. I mean, the record, which was already pretty dope um, with um, Prodigy doing a solo track over the White Lines beat, yeah. um, was cool, the video which was a little unexpected for Bob Deep, you know, the little diehard uh, video remake. A lot of air vents. Yeah. Um, then they went and remixed it, put Havoc on the track, and then put uh, Little Kim on the hook, and it was just, it was some gully-type Little Kim. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was really good. Um, now, we don't know if she wrote it, but... Uh, but. I, I, I really don't don't think i mean i don't know for fact yeah. i do not know for fact yeah but know. from what i have heard what i have read what i have assumed from influences i don't think she writes a whole lot of her stuff yeah but i could be wrong yeah yeah we're not we're not really sure but i mean as we mentioned in our ghostwriter episode you never know you never yeah. know um that goes for all all rappers really but um, so then, yeah, she followed that up with her her second album in 2000, so six years later, sorry, four years later, because I can't count, uh, with Notorious K.I.M., an obvious nod to Notorious B.I.G., um, had the song No Matter What They Say, which had kind of a Latin flavor, uh, the How Many Licks record with uh, Cisco, yeah. and then uh, she had the song Suck My Dick, um, which I, at the time, I think I thought, I thought that was the first time I heard some, a woman say Suck My Dick, but then uh, Left Eye said it on... Uh, the uh, Ladies Night record. History! So, so that's right. History! That's, that's, it's important. It's important to know that. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. Give credit! But she looked a lot different on that album. She had, like, like blue contacts, dyed her hair blonde. Um, that's kind of like the first signs of her um, plastic surgery obsession to where now, you know, you wouldn't recognize her at all. She looks completely different, unfortunately. But cause she was an attractive woman. But. Yeah, she was. She was, and um, uh, I'm not gonna say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. Um, so yeah, she then she dropped uh, La Bella Mafia 2003, uh, with came back for you, which was like the street single, and then the jump off with Timberland, where she infamously said she will put a sprite can down her mouth or whatever. Uh, uh, different kind of skills, and then uh, 
you had you had Magic Stick, which was featuring Fifty Cent, who was really just like really blown up at that. Yeah, this time. was when he was making the Thousand and One features. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and this was this was right around the time his his uh, his first album came out. Well, his first major label album came out. Yeah, and then that was that was actually that song was produced by Phantom of the Beat, aka Hot G, the UMCs. Which is, I always find that interesting. Yeah. Who also did Apollo Apollo Kids for Ghostface um, from Staten Island. Um, and then she followed that up with Naked Truth in 2005, which had the song uh, Lighters Up, which was produced by Scott Storch, who I believe she was dating at the time. Um, and then, and, and it's interesting, vocally, it's basically the same song as Welcome to Jam Rock. Mm. It's instead of Welcome to Jam Rock, was I Come from Brooklyn, but like the whole song was basically. You, you could interchange the beats it'd be the same song yeah yeah, yeah yeah but um that album is probably most famous in hip hop circles for getting five mics in the source yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so granted during this this time the, the mics didn't really mean as much as they did you know you know pre-Benzino um but um yeah supp- supposedly allegedly her manager was dating uh, Dave Mays so, who you know, was the owner of the source so they're some foul play there but as it stands she to this day is the only artist to get five mics in the source so dubious honor it may be that it still stands um and after that she put out like some random mixtapes i think she's dissed she had 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 a a feud with with uh Nicki minaj Nicki minaj put out some records yeah but she hasn't really really hasn't made she's more famous for her like antics not music. She hasn't really been famous for music since. Yeah, not not in the la- the recent years. No. Um, but we will always know her tie-in to Foxy Brown, who we mentioned now. Yes. Um, Foxy Brown, also from uh, Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, she was uh, coming out around that time. First, they have to point this out. Started with a, a really deep voice at a young age of about 16. She was, I guess, between 16 and 17 yeah. when she began and was featured on Who Shot Ya, um, the um, LL uh, Cool J track that also featured Keith Murray, uh, Prodigy, and Fat Joe. Um, Prodigy, Prodigy, and more Prodigy, and uh, and like uh, Keith Murray kind of going at it on that record. Yeah, but yeah, that's but that's whatever. Um, yeah, she was roughly about 16 years yeah, old. Which is interesting. Yeah. Considering the content of that verse. Yeah, yeah, and also how she sounded. Yeah. Um, uh, and and what else did you want to mention about... So, uh, yeah, so that verse, like, I remember kind of being turned off by that verse. Because it just, it sounded like she listened to Cuban links. <laughs> and and basically wrote like a like a, a summary of it in in one you know in like sixteen bar like a sixteen bar book report of Cuban links mm. that's how it sounded to me just a lot of that mafioso Italiano uh, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean that was a thing back then you know yeah. um you know she was just trying to fall into that whole situation raw dog disease infested oh. uh, <laughs> um so. Um, so then uh, she followed that up with Ain't No Nigga with uh, Jay Z in 1996, uh, the infamous record uh, produced by Jazz Oak, by the way. But um, yeah, and so that, you know, off the strength of, the, of those two records, um, she was on, she was signed to Def Jam, uh, put out the album Il Nana in 1996, 
uh, which came out one week after Little Kim's uh, album Hardcore, um, and it was you know pr- primarily produced by the Trackmasters. Uh, had the singles uh, "Get Me Home," you know the obvious uh, sample, and then um, "I'll Be," another another obvious sample. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I I need to go back and listen to her stuff because at the time I was not. I just wasn't feeling it. Well, I mean, uh, a lot of people, you know, know um, her material and know that she could flow. Yeah, although, I mean, she could rap. Although, you, know, you know, there again questions of. Who wrote, who wrote what? I mean, some things you you obviously hear the Jay Z cadence, yeah. Um, you know, especially in "Get Me Home." I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, so then you go to the firm and the firm together, Nas, uh, Az, Az, Nature. Well, originally well, Cormega, but yes. later on Nature, um, come out with an album on Dr. Dre's Aftermath, and yeah. it didn't do what they wanted it to do. Didn't do well. Um, and it ended up being. Uh, considered a flop, and yeah. people wondered what Dr. Dre was doing. Right. Uh, well, what did he know? Yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, you know, that was famous for some tracks. Uh, they did Firm Biz. They also had Affirmative Action, which they never released a, uh, as a single, but um, performed a lot and uh, was notorious for uh, Foxy's... Uh, faulty Math. Faulty Math. Yes. Long verse and Faulty Math. She uh, ended up coming out with China Doll a couple years later. A.K.A. And- China White. Yeah, yeah, and people were wondering what was up with the voice change. Did her voice change? Her voice change. If you listen to Hot Spot, that it did not sound like. Oh, oh she, she didn't have like, that. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, and supposedly, uh, surprisingly enough, that deep voice returned later. Don't ask me how. Right. Um, <laughs> the Broken uh, Silence album came out in 2001. Mm-hmm. It had uh, Oh Yeah with Spraga Benz, well, but. Who she was dating, but the street single previous to that right. was the BK anthem, yes. and people were looking around wondering, like, whoa, she's not um, hanging out with the firm anymore, and we doubt she's hanging out with Jay Z, but she's spitting, like, right. whoa, look at this. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're waiting to see some things, but. But, yeah, she ran into some a string of like unreleased records. So, um, a year later, she was gonna do uh, the album Il Nana 2, The Fever, which actually has, like, you can see the artwork online for that. Um, but it, she released the record called Stylin', um, and then the song um, uh, I Need a Man, because it had an R&B flavor, but then she had a song called Magnetic, produced by the Neptune, which had a really old school, uh, like, 1988 feel to it almost. It was, it was pretty dope. But that album never came out, never materialized. Yeah. Um, I guess it's a shame. Um, you know, you you uh, did later on have Black Roses, and she had a single called Come Fly, Fly With, with me. me, and then the... Uh, that album never came out either. Yeah, that never came out either. So then later on, um, you know, she had some issues with her hearing and, and actually uh, went deaf uh, in December of 05. Um, she had surgery, got her hearing back, thankfully, and uh, Brooklyn's Don Diva came out in 2008 on Koch Records. Yeah. Now, uh, going back real quick, one uh, feature. So, there were disc records back and forth between her and um, Lil Kim, and people just always were playing up the drama between the two of them. Yeah. But there, and there were even uh, photos of them together. Uh, I guess they were on the cover of the source. They were like on the cover of the source. Six or seven. There was rumors of them coming out with an album called Feldman Louise. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were featured on the remix to Total's. Um, uh, 
no one else with the brat um which you know i think it should have just been the brat <laughs> but you know that's neither here nor there uh but uh yeah foxy's still around of course uh, she recently got into that whole um remy ma Nicki minaj beef a lot yeah, of people probably think she shouldn't have stuck her nose in it but whatever at least she's rhyming did she ever put out the full song or just a snippet uh, i don't know yeah hopefully, hopefully <laughs> she saw the feedback and was like you know what this never happened <laughs> um <laughs> so moving down south uh mia x yes so mia x who of course uh, uh worked with master p and was on no limit records yeah. she was actually with true um back in 1995 real untouchables uh and uh was featured on um about it about it about it about it <laughs> you say i'm about it about it uh. that's right <laughs> um so so um that amongst other records with true uh you know mia x was featured and she did end up coming out with um her own album good girl gone bad which i believe is an overused title but yeah. um she might have been the first to use it <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll look at that up um it failed to chart um you know this was prior to no limit blowing up yeah. this was prior well this probably was around a time that uh pen and pixel were doing a it lot was, of it was right around that time yeah. yeah you know all those glossy uh, uh crude 3d uh glossy fonts yeah um just weird random items in the background exactly gold exactly phones, <laughs> shit. You, if you don't know just Google, Google Pen, Pen and Pixel. Pixel. Yeah. <laughs> also Google Big Bear. Yeah. Doing things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so she ended up coming out with Unladylike in 1997. This was a commercial success. Um, you know, uh, it was a uh, long album, which was yeah. typical of a No Limit yes, formula. Was, 20, 20 plus tracks was like a, a, a com- it was like a, a, a mandate, I think. By yeah. But um, yeah, so it was produced by uh, Beats by the Town. Uh, who produced most of No Limit stuff? They were they were a factory. Like they were putting out albums every they, week. They were, and Mia, you know, she she was a slow rhymer, just spitting straight hard, just you know, um, direct, loud. It, it, you couldn't liken it to her Northeast counterparts, where you know the whole mafioso flow at the time. Uh, 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 maybe a little bit faster there. Hers was just direct and wasn't really talking about some of those things. Like you felt more of a truth um, in what she was talking about. Mm-hmm. Like straight street stuff. Like real deal. Yeah. You know. Don't sleep on me. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and you know, who knows? Little Kim and uh, Foxy are probably into some things and some of those references to the Colombians and channels. It's like, I don't know. But whatever. <laughs> yeah, she dropped her uh, her second out al- or third album, uh, Mama Drama, in 19- 1998, and then nothing after that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure what happened after that, but um, I-, I think she probably still raps, but she hasn't released any albums since then. Um, so then, uh, finally, closing out 1995, you have Nonchalant, who was from I think from the D- from DC. Uh, she dropped the song Five O'clock. Of uh, 1995, it was a big, that was a pretty big hit. Yeah. Um, and then she dropped her, the she followed it up with the album Until the Day in 1996, which did pretty well, I think in the gold. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and then she was going, she started work, I mean, maybe even completed her second album uh, called For All Non-Believers, but um, it, it it never came out. She only thing she dropped was a single Take It There, 
uh, which had a video. Um, but then the, I believe the video was the, the Roots remix, which featured uh, Dice Raw on it, and and was uh, you know a uh, uh, nice little Roots production. Yeah. Um, so that was that. And then so moving on to 1996, uh, you got Missy Elliott. The legendary. Legendary <laughs> Missy Elliott. Uh, so she, uh, she in 1993. She wrote and produced Raven Simone's That's What Little Girls Are Made Of. Um, you might remember that video. It's full of every cliche you can think of from that time period. <laughs> every single... It's almost like she was trying to recreate scenes from specific videos in that, in that video. But yeah, it's a terrible song. But, you know, Raven Ra- Ra- Simone's like, I don't know, 13, 12, 11, 9, yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. She's very young. Um, but yeah, Missy Elliott is on that song doing like a, you know, a fake patchois. Um, she's not in the video, despite having being on the song and writing and producing the song. She's not in the video. I think the theory is that they like they, they wanted they, they went with like a, a, a skinny light skinned woman on the song instead, like for, for the video, which they did. That happened back then, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then she was in this group called Sister, an R&B group. Um, they put out an album in 1990, or they. They made an album in 1994 called For All Sisters Around the World. But it's it supposed got... to be on uh, Devante Swing's uh, uh, label. Yeah, um, but, it, but, but, it, but it got shelved. I think the album, you can get the album, but it never it was never like, like officially released. Um, then she she was in Devante's like, Swing Mob production crew, but then she left uh, to join Timberland. Um, they produced and wrote a lot of stuff for, for you know Aaliyah, obviously the uh, One in a Million album. Some stuff for SWV, some stuff for 702. 702. Ah, wow. <laughs> um, um, and then uh, you got, uh, you know, she she was she was in a video. They actually put her in the video this time for uh, Gina Thompson's The Things You Do, uh, the Bad Boys remix, uh, which if you were into R&B at that time, that was a pretty big record. Um, and, then, and then she was also on the uh, Cold Rocker Party uh, remix, MC Light, a.k.a. I Rock the Party That Rocks the Body. Uh, that was a big record, uh, like an, almost like a comeback for MC Light. Um, and then, in 97, her solo album dropped, finally, uh, Super Duper Fly. It's a huge, huge album. Duper Duper Fly. Um, she had, uh, you know, she had the, this was during the, the era of Hype Williams videos, so you have all these surreal, crazy videos with, with crazy colors, the infamous garbage bag uh, scene uh, from, uh, from the Rain video. Um, <laughs> I mean, you, you know, you know what I'm talking that, about, right? That that was imaginative, man. Yeah, that, that definitely was, was imaginative. It was it was very different. Everything everything they were doing, not just like I think the videos really matched the sound because the sound. I remember hearing the rain on the video, on the radio for the first time, and I didn't know what to think because it was just so, uh, it, was just so it was just so different. I did not either. Um, <laughs> then she also had Socket to Me, which had the ill like Mega Man inspired video with Little Kim, and uh, Beat Me Nine One One was another one. Um, but yeah, so that was they Timberland and and Missy were really like changing black music. Like, they were, time. they like, were, and they were pumping out some hits. Yeah, a lot of hits. Um, so then she followed that up uh, with a sophomore album, The Real World, in 1999. It wasn't. I remember it not being as big as her first album. But she's a bitch. Was a video, she? She's man. a bitch. That's was a, that was a good video. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah, really interesting video. Um, she had the song um, "All in My Grill," uh, "Hot Boys," which you know had had uh, like 
was that was that a remix or was that the original? It had uh, it had Nas and you had uh, Q-tip. And Q-tip Eve. was on that, yeah. Eve, right? Um, and I guess Q-tip was on the album version, but not in the video. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and then she also had the song "Bust a Rhyme" with Eminem, who was blown. Who again, like Fifty Cent later on, Eminem was blowing up. Um, in 1999, that's when his, his first aftermath album came out. So yeah. she caught him right at the right moment. Um, and then Miss E, so so addictive, 2001, with had the mega hit uh, "Get Your Freak On." Oh, that was huge. Yeah, huge, yeah, huge, 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 huge record. Still, yeah, still super big record to this day. Um, she was doing the thing where she was doing like she was doubling up on the videos. So that was that was something that she did a lot of. Um, a la Tribe Called Quest with Bugging Out and Jazz, but uh, she, she used that a lot, that technique a lot. She had the song One Minute Man with Ludacris and uh, Trina, who we'll talk about a little bit later. Well, at some point we'll talk about Trina. Um, <laughs> and then uh, she had the song uh, Takeaway, which was like a slow jam, or like, like a ballad, and then uh, the video was back before my people, which I remember because it was released after 9-11. And they, it was like, this was for my people, my American people, and they were like waving flags in the video, and she was wearing like a bedazzled red, white, and blue jumpsuit, and all kinds of shit. Anyway, Under Construction, 2002, featured another super mega hit, Work It. Work It. Work It, it's huge. (laughs) Um, And then Gossip Folks, uh, and then... The song, this wasn't a single, but it's a song I remember. Uh, Pussycat, a.k.a. Pussy Don't Feel Me Now. <clears throat> I, just thought, I just thought that was kind of clever. <laughs> a song called Pussy Was it clever? I, I, thought, I thought it was. Okay. Um, and then uh, and then she had This Is Not A Test in 2003 with the song uh, Pass That Dutch, which yeah. wasn't, I don't think it was, it wasn't as big a hit as her other hits, but still, you know, still did well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it, there, there was a difference in her popularity happening with this album yeah. and the next one, um, which which seemed pretty quick after Get Your Freak On being so It was huge, quick. It was really quick. Just a couple years prior. and um, Like one year. Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was really fast. Yeah, so, <clears throat> I mean, you know, it, it, was, it was definitely a statement of timing, you know? Yeah. Definitely that, so... Um, yeah, I mean, during this is not a test. You had past that, past the Dutch, uh, and then uh, wake up featuring Jay Z. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but around this time, it, it was really starting to slow down. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, so two years later, she followed that up with the recipe, <clears throat> which had the the single Loose Control, which was pretty big. Um, that album is notable because Timberland, who had collaborated with her for so long, only did two records on that album. So. I'm um, not sure what happened. I, I think maybe, I don't know if they had a falling out or they just decided to creatively they wanted to go separate ways. I don't know. But, um, so she announced that she had grave disease in 2011. So, I mean, that was her last album, The Recipe of 2005. We didn't really hear from her for a long time. And then she announced that she had been dealing with grave disease, graves disease. Um, but then she kind of resurrected her career a bit with, uh, in 2015, she did the Super Bowl with Katy Perry. Where right. she performed uh, "Get Your Freak On" and "Work It" and I think um, one other song <clears throat> that I can't remember right now. Um, and then um, she dropped the single um, "Where They From," aka WTF, 
that same year. Right. Blew up a pretty big record with uh, Pharrell. And then, um, I guess, capitalizing on the whole Super Bowl thing, the next year, 2016, she dropped a song called uh, Pep Rally on the day of the Super Bowl. Yeah. And then uh, this year, this January, she dropped a song called I'm Better. Yeah, she got something about January and February, the beginning mm-hmm. of the year, mm-hmm. to just really get on people. It's missing time. It's Missy time. It's Missy time. So I don't know if she's coming out with an album or some point or what, but we'll see. Yeah. Um. Hopefully. I mean, because Missy is she is one of the like most interesting. I think she is artists. very entertaining. Yeah. Very imaginative, and definitely seems to have her pulse on um what's happening at the time. So, um, you know, she's she's yeah she's definitely uh someone who likes to uh get a shot into what the industry is uh going through right now yeah and i think i think she's notable too because she was a writer and a producer and you, you didn't see that a lot with women unfortunately in hip-hop yeah you, so you know you know so yeah i you know i'm not the biggest fan of her music overall but i give her a lot of respect just for being unique and just doing the thing she's um, doing it yeah um so then rod digger uh debuted around 1996 um, flip mode. She was with flip mode. So first, she she was actually was with the Outsiders, um, and then and who were, were featured on the song Cowboys on uh, on the Fuji's album The Score, nineteen ninety six. Flipping it back and forth with Lauren. Yeah, yeah. and then and I guess she met Q Tip around that time, um, and then she did a record with Tribe called Mardi Gras Midnight, which was a record that is not on any album, but you can find it. I think it was on the Jam EP, which was an EP they put out. That had that song and a couple other songs from their other albums on it. Uh, this was 1997. J. Dilla production. Jay Dilla production. Yeah. Um, so then Q-Tip introduces her to Busta Rhymes, who puts her down with the Flipmo Squad. Yeah. And then she put out two albums, uh, Dirty, Dirty Harriet in 2000, which is a really solid album. Flip Mode the Imperial. Yeah. Um, had, had had production by DJ Premier and yeah and. Uh, yeah, and she uh, has that husky voice. Very um, husky. Yeah, definitely hardcore as far as how she spits. But not overdoing it, I would say. Like, no, 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 not at all. She She's natural on the mic, um, but she's definitely somebody who's there to spit, not one to just, you know, sit there and be... You know, pretty. She is pretty, but yeah. You know, she doesn't she, exploit that. She, she, she's, she's there to spend some time and say what she has to say. Yeah, yeah. She, had, yeah. The song, one of the songs produced by Premier on there, it's called "Lessons of Today." It's a, it's an extremely revealing record. Like she's talking about her family history and her siblings and how they went through all this drama. It's a, it's a really good record. I, um, like, I, I like revealing records. Yeah. And um, <laughs> sadly, it seems like um, with. Uh, with the way women are marketed and the chances that they're getting, it's it's not as often as it should be, and it tends to be more often that you get those revealing records with women than you do with a lot of guys. Yeah. Um. So then she she had another album called Everything's a Story that she recorded in 2004, but it never came out, um, unfortunately. And uh, but you can find it out there. I think it's out there, but it never was officially released. But then she followed that up in 2010. Uh, six years later with an album called Classic that was independently released. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's Rod Digger. She's still, you can still find her on Twitter. She's out there. She's out there. Um, uh, Rod Digger also was the only female MC that Sean Price liked. That's ah, sidebar. sidebar. Rest in peace, Sean Price. R.I.P. We miss you. Um, 1998, Eve 
Eve E. AKA Eve of Destruction. Yeah. Uh, so she, uh, yeah, she started off on Aftermath. She had a record called Evil Destruction that was on the Bullworth soundtrack. I've never seen that movie, but I imagine it's terrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was 1998. Yeah, she she would have been Aftermath's first lady, but she ended up being Rough Riders' first yes, lady. Yes. You know, uh, things didn't work out with Dre. Well, she did end up working with them later yeah, on. She did. Um, her marketing at first, like. Uh, it seemed like she she was being marketed as being one of the fellas, you know, your gangster girl, uh, but definitely got a sexier uh, edge to her a little later. Yeah. Um, not not quite the same way as the brat. Like, like no, 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 no. The brat, no, was, no, no. Never, <laughs> the brat was a tomboy. Eve yeah. was never a tomboy. See, but they definitely, she was not. Yeah. She was not. She yeah. was always she always came off as feminine, yeah. but. Um, she was feminine, but came off as one of the fellas. Um, but later on, it was definitely more of a sexier edge. But she always spit, always, um, from what I know, writing her own lyrics. Yeah. Um, she had uh, um, been featured on the Rough Riders compilations, uh, the first oh, and yeah. second and the third mm-hmm. uh, compilations. Um, she had, the way they had started out Rough Rider uh, records was that... Um, they had a, a group track, and then they uh, were looking at the people that they were going to release next, and ended up uh, releasing an Eve single because they knew that they were going to come out with her next, and then Dragon featured a single because they knew they were going to release her next, him next. Um, but anyway, uh, she ended up coming out with the Let There Be E Rough Riders First Lady, where it had the um, What Y'all Want Got a Man, <laughs> Got a Man, and Love Is Blind with Faith. <laughs> Mostly Swiss beats. Yeah. Beats. Yeah. Um, came out with the Scorpion album in 2001, Let Me Blow Your Mind, working with Dr. Dre. Huge. Yeah, with, with Gwen uh, Stefani. That's right. And Who's That Girl, that which is another huge single. Yeah, that was the first single. Definitely more varied production. Um, and then came out with Evolution um, in 2002, Gangster Eleven, featuring uh, Alicia, Keys. Alicia Keys, who was really starting to uh, claim some fame then. Yeah. Satisfaction, N- uh, another uh, Dre joint. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Double R what? An irresistible chick. Yeah, irresistible chick was. Uh, it was a remake of of a Prince B side, irresistible bitch. Which is interesting that the Prince song was called irresistible bitch, but the rap uh, cover of it was irresistible chick. <laughs> I found that funny, but yeah. Um, I had that album. I think I got it for free. So I, I was I was reviewing albums around that time, so I got that. Uh, album. So, okay. I, so I listened to it quite a bit. Okay. I don't think I ended up reviewing it, but but I did listen to it a lot. It was it was okay. Yeah. I wasn't a huge fan of it, but it, it had some man up. Um, she then had uh, the tambourine single, which oh, yeah. kind of sat around for a while. Long time. A long time, and then finally came out with the Lip Lock album. 2013. Yeah. 11 years later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she had some false. She also had a song with Sean Paul. I don't remember the name of the song. She had a, she had a joint with Sean Paul. Yeah, it's it, floating around. And, and in between that, she was on TV. So she was on TV. She was working on um, her uh, uh, clothing label, Fetish. Right. And oh yeah, that's why she had the show on was it UPN? Yes. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yes. So yes. she was around. Just she was busy. Like like she's fine. Like like I don't think anyone needs to worry about you. She's no, she's no, no. She's, <laughs> just just not putting out albums much, but she's doing fine. Uh, so then um, you have a mill. All money is legal. 
Major Coins. Major Coins, that's right, our favorite group. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she dropped, uh, she was on uh, Nigga What, Nigga Who, Jay-Z Originated record. Originated in 99. That's right, with uh, Jay-Z and Jazzo mm-hmm. on the uh, Hard Knock Life album. Um, and then you got uh, Can I Get Her with... Uh, Ja Rule looking like Tupac in uh, Jay Z. Jay Z. That was that Rush Hour, Rush Hour soundtrack. That's yeah. right. 1998. And then uh, she came out with that All Money Is Legal album and the For the Fam single with the um, for Rockefeller's uh, standards, a low budget video mm. <laughs> with um, Memphis Bleak, Beanie Siegel, and Jay Z on the track. Uh, album didn't go anywhere, and she ended up getting dropped. Um, she she did uh, have a single. She had a single with Beyonce. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if Jay Z and her were dealing with each other at that point, but yeah, Beyonce had a there, there was like an R and B's type of single that didn't go anywhere. Yeah, that. yeah. Well, I don't think we'll see that performed again no. anytime soon. Well, you know, yeah. maybe BET Awards 2020 and they'll reunite. I don't know. Um, uh. <laughs> but probably not. Uh. So yeah, that that's basically it for a minute. She, I, uh, that's about it. Like I think she was dating Killer Priest at one point. They, I think they have kids together. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. But um, but yeah, that was that, and you know, she uh, she had a really light voice. Um, I never really got that rapper uh, uh, idea from her. I mean, probably the only time I really mm. felt like she was really just flowing and hitting me was when she came when she was on. Um, uh, what's you mean him and her? I was thinking more the line, lines of uh, the, the the track with uh, Beanie and um, and Jay on his album, the the club joint. Oh, um, you're talking about um, throw your throw the hands, hands up. up. Yeah, I never liked that. Nah, sorry. Um, <laughs> was that Rick Rock? That was during the Rick Rock days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. So then uh, you have. Uh, Gangsta Boo. Gangsta Boo. Gangsta Boo. Boo. Um, she was down, of course, with uh, Three Six Mafia, aka Triple Six Mafia. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they dropped their first album, Mystic Styles, in 1995. She was featured on that, um, and s- several of their albums. But then she put out her solo record, um, Inquiring Minds, in 1998. Where them dollars at? Featuring the classic. Where, where them dollars, dollars at? at? That's right. <laughs> Ask, you better find out what the dollars at. It's very important to know. Um, but uh, yeah, and then uh, it, after that, it, you didn't really hear a lot from her. Uh, three years later, she dropped the album Both Worlds. I guess it's Star 69. I don't know if it's 69 or Star 69. But uh, I guess it was supposed to be like the yin and yang, like, uh, you know, the both sides of her, the, the feminine and gangster side of Gangsta Boo. Um, and then, like right after that album, she had she she claimed that she had found God, and she became Lady Boo for a minute, and and was, was gonna do like gospel rap, but I don't know if that ever really materialized. Um, she eventually did uh, Inquiring Minds two in two thousand and three, which was it was Gangsta Boo, it wasn't Lady Boo, so not sure what happened with that. I guess it was short lived, but um yeah, and then um she did I mean she's done some features here and there. A lot of features, actually, but yeah. but one of the most notable, of course, is the song "Love Again," Love aka again. "I Can Yell A Back" from uh, uh, "Run the Jewels 2 in 2014. Yeah, unless an album cut with uh, uh, um, Outkast. Oh yeah, um, call, be- that. call before I come. Yeah, that's right, absolutely. Um, 
And then, um, yeah, so she's actually, I mean, she's she was touring with Run the Jewels now. She's, yeah. She, she's opening up for him. Yeah. Them. Of course, she does where them dollars at. <laughs> and a few more records. So yeah. she's still on her thing. She did an EP with LaChat, who was also of uh, Three Six Mafia, called Wish in 2014. I kind of want to hear that. <laughs> but, but um so yeah and she's so, so so she's still very much active doing a thing doing a thing uh we got queen pen queen pen who of course uh rose to fame with uh no diggity mm-hmm. on with backstreet and a uh, huge record yes. featuring uh queen pen and uh dr Dre Black Blackstreet. Um, back in 96 and um, after that she followed it up with her solo album My Melody in 97 and Party Ain't a Party was probably the biggest record on there which um, uh, yeah yeah you know that yeah that yeah it was it was lost boys uh influences all over that oh yeah, yeah. um uh then she followed it up with conversations with queen in 2001 i gotcha was a single on there yeah there was a video for that it, i don't think it really didn't do too well i don't think but like, she was spitting hard on that song. I remember listening to that yeah. song, like, who is she getting at? Like, she was really, this was a really, really aggressive record. I didn't like the record, but it was really aggressive. And she could spit. She could spit. She could definitely spit. It was aggressive. Um, was very direct as well. Um, yeah. you, you you felt like she knew what she was doing. Um, she stepped away from the rap game and uh, later on became a novelist. Although, you know... I definitely think somebody with her flow, there's room for her. Hmm, you think so? I do. Interesting. I wonder if she ever performs with them, actually. It's like, BT Awards 2019. <laughs> um, map it out. Yeah. Um, so then finally, uh, closing it out, 1998, you have Shanta, who is kind of, this is kind of an obscure entry. So she, um, she actually was on Montel Jordan's uh, first album in 1995 on a track called Introducing Shanta. Mm. Uh, or Shanta, was it Shanta? Shanta, sorry. Uh, I'm tripping. And she was on, probably most, well, most famously on uh, the Timberland and Magoo record, Love to Love You, where she infamously said she had big lips and handlebars. Uh, um, that, but that's what I remember from yeah, she had like a really kind of kind of soft voice. Yeah, she did. She did, and she had those uh, light eyes that I would liken to an Erica Badu. Huh. Yeah. Um. So then, yeah, she was still, you know, hanging out with Mattel Jordan. She was on "Let's Ride" remix in 1998. Um. And then she was on a, a track uh, with Brandy, the remix to "You Don't You Don't Know Me Like You Used To." Yeah. With yeah, with her the and brat. the brat. Yeah. And um. And then she was on, uh, that was probably the last time you saw her, though, like, visually, because after that, so she was on, this is random as hell, but she was on a Chino XL uh, a record called Sorry in 2001, off, off, off his second album, uh, I Told You So, um, which used that same sample that, uh, used that I Forgot to Be Your Lover sample, which was used a lot around that time. Right. Um, and then um, she was on, she apparently signed to Aftermath at some point. And so she she was on the the Wash soundtrack on a track called Good Lovin', and then was on a a Aftermath sampler bonus disc that came with uh, the Eight Mile soundtrack on a track called California, and then disappeared after that. But she's on Twitter too; you can find her. She's out. There. <laughs> she's out there chatting. Yeah, tweeting, tweeting. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that was that was Shanta. 
And that's going to conclude our rundown of 1993 through 1998. We got a little bit more to come. We got more to come. It's okay, so... Uh, 1999 stay- to <laughs> Yeah. So stay tuned for that because we want to show uh, definitely some respect to our female MCs who have uh, put out uh, a lot of, of very credible work but sometimes gets overlooked. Yeah. So, a um, couple notes. Um, again, uh, as we mentioned in previous episodes, we want you to be part of what we're doing here. Um, we appreciate you for listening and appreciate um, any discourse that you've had with us on Twitter or wherever else. Um, but we want you to participate some more. Um, we have an episode that we're working on that is dealing with the future of hip-hop. And uh, you can use the hashtag own no loops to uh i guess give us a message of what you think the future of hip-hop will entail uh who do you think will be the big players in the next five years or so where do you think the sound will go will there be any sub genres um let us know um and also you could find us on twitter i'm at old dirty plaster o-l-d-i-r-t-y-p-l-a-s-t-e-r and you could also I'm sorry. You can find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com backslash oh no oh, no loops. loops. And you can find me on Twitter at Urkel Modi, U-R-K-E-L-M-O-E-D-E-E. And you can also find us on YouTube as well. Um, oh No Loops. Just do a search for Oh No Loops. And uh, Instagram. Uh, Instagram as well. That's right. <laughs> oh No Loops uh, underscore podcast. Yeah. So what else you got? What else we got? I think that's it for this episode. Um, uh, yeah, you got any words for life? <laughs> Notes for life. You probably don't own uh, these loops, but you uh, definitely own your thoughts. And also, um, uh, do I have any uh, own those bars today? Hashtag own those bars. I haven't, I haven't owned, owned those bars. Go for it. Um, so, Prodigy, from his most recent album, Julian Dialectic. <laughs> uh, he has a track called No Religion where he says, uh, real men drink water, stay with our women and feed our daughters. Nice. So, that's, yeah, that's on those bars. Hashtag on those that's bars. Right. Uh, definitely add any if you have any. Yes. Uh, Alright, so we're gonna, we're gonna close it out for this episode. And we'll see you on the flip side. Alright, peace. Peace. <laughs>